imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global episode. I am so glad to welcome each and every one of you to the program today, and I am super excited to welcome Bobby Carlton to the program today. Today, we're going to talk about becoming a professional speaker. Now, let me just ask, are you thinking about starting a speaking career? Like many things we want in life, Becoming a professional speaker requires a really solid strategy. So before you hit the pavement as a speaker, think about your intention. Think about how you plan to leverage speaking as a tool to help you grow your business or as a standalone lucrative career. Breaking into professional speaking might seem like a pretty daunting task. But by following just a few key strategies, you can both start and sustain your speaking career. Now, whether you're at the beginning of your speaking journey, at a crossroads, or you're seeking perhaps to redefine and refresh your message, if you're ready to get paid as a speaker, it's important for you to consider your message, consider your market, Think about your medium and your method as part of your speaking strategy. And that is what we're going to be talking to Bobby about today. And I can't wait to jump in. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about Bobby Carlton. As I said, she is the founder of Carlton PR and Marketing, Innovation Nights, Innovation Women, and as she calls them, her day job, her night job, and her dream job. She's an award-winning marketing and PR professional who speaks regularly on issues like marketing, public speaking, startups, entrepreneurialism, and women's issues. In fact, she spent the last decade building her businesses as well as supporting various community efforts like women's empowerment. Previously, in addition to working on a number of Boston area agencies, she had a global PR at Cognos and PTC, both publicly traded companies. And in 2006, she actually switched gears, joining a startup focusing on supporting self-esteem and positive role models for preteen girls through literature. She has won many, many professional awards, including the multiple PRSA Silver Anvils, the Massachusetts High Tech Luminary Award, the Boston Business Journal Women to Watch Award, the PR News Game Changer Award, and was twice part of Boston's 50 on Fire. Bobby gives more than 100 presentations a year, including hosting her own monthly event, Innovation Nights, And she has spoken at the United Nations. She's been on the main stage for some of the world's most well-known conferences for technical and professional women. And in fact, she's been featured on CBS News, Wall Street Journal, US Day Today, and many, many other major media platforms. Bobby, we are so happy to welcome you to Lead Hership Global. Thank you so much for joining our show today. And thank you so much for having me today, Linda. It's really exciting. Oh, thank you. 
Now, to get us started, Bobby, I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about your journey. What's led you to have such passion around helping leaders create a public speaking career? I think I'm passionate about it as only a true introvert could be. So I know that for me, when I started Innovation Nights in 2009, those first few events were just absolutely nerve wracking. I think I sweated through my clothes. It was horrible. And I had to be the MC. It was up to me. This was my baby, my gig, and I had to be up there. And over time, I got better and better. And suddenly people started asking me to do presentations at other events. And that was, that was interesting. That was not expected for me. And it became a primary way for me to drive my business. Now, one of the things about Innovation Nights is it's a social media powered event. We were always out there driving lots of visibility for local startups by using Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. We would have 200 to 700 people in the room at any given time, and we would tell them, look around. If you see something cool, blog about it, tweet about it, post a picture, a video. If you're not into social media, we still love you. It's okay. Just tell somebody about the cool products. That led to me getting invited, not only to speak, but just invited to other people's events. They wanted me to live tweet their events. And I would look up on stage and I would see what I call the male, pale, and stale panels. It was the same four old white guys over and over again. And I have nothing against old white guys. I am married to one but I don't want to just hear old white guys talking all the time. I want to hear diversity. I want those fascinating, inclusive conversations to happen. So I started doing this from the perspective of somebody who was interested in seeing more women on stage, the perspective of somebody who understood the impact that public speaking has on our thought leadership status on the expectation of who we see as a, as a leader. You know, if we only see the old white guys on stage, well, they're the leaders. They're the ones who are the ones that we should look to for guidance all the time. And I want more diversity in my world. So that's when I started Innovation Women and kind of the whole aspect of public speaking came home. I love that, Bobby. What a wonderful and inspiring story of creating relevance for women as public speakers and creating an opportunity for them to amplify their voice. So as you think about that, what are some of the first few steps that anyone that's planning a career in public speaking, anyone that's inspired by the possibility of becoming a public speaker, what are the steps that they need to take before they even book that first speaking role? I think one of the things that's really important is for everyone who is interested in public speaking to start with their goals. They need to understand why they are on stage and what they want to accomplish 
by being on stage. Some people are looking to do this for visibility for themselves and their company. Others are looking to advance their careers. Others are looking to get paid to speak and to build speaking as a career. I think once you have a a good understanding of why you want to be there, you can start going about all the different things that you need to do to get yourself on the stages and to do the right kind of speaking, the speaking that works for you. I love that. So first, it's about understanding how public speaking will benefit you, exactly what your goals and objectives are in moving forward as a public speaker. Is it to build your business? Is it to create a lucrative second career? Or is this going to be your primary driver? Is this really your passion? Do you have a message that you feel like needs to be shared with the world? So I think really understanding your objectives and your primary motivations for being a public speaker is absolutely right on. That is the first step for sure. Now, we've also talked about the importance of considering your message, trying to think about how to differentiate yourself as a public speaker. There's a thousand speakers out there that consider themselves a motivational speaker. So being able to really carefully consider your message and the market that you're trying to reach may be the best way to take that first step in planning your speaking career. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you've learned in crafting the message and making sure that message resonates with the audience that you're trying to reach? Absolutely. And there are two different aspects of this. Number one, there is your personal brand. So you have to start off by understanding what your brand is and communicating your brand. I always tell people, if you can Google the answer to any question that you're answering from the stage, you're not really doing the job. You know, you are, you want to come up with a concept and a signature talk that is uniquely your own. And you want to make sure that it reflects your brand. So for example, uh, one example that I can give is a couple of years ago, I got a phone call on a Thursday afternoon and it was a young person I knew. He was calling me from Suffolk University and he was like, hey, I'm one of the organizers of the TEDx here at Suffolk. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm getting the call. You know, as a speaker, it's like TED, TEDx, that's the ultimate. And he's like, yeah, we'd really like to invite you to speak at our TEDx. Of course, I'm so flattered. I've got a, I'm probably levitating. I'm so excited. And I'm like, that's great. When is it? Tuesday, as in one, two, three. Oh, no, 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 no. That does not happen. You know, TEDx are, are these things that you, you prepare for for months. You have coaches and everything else. And he's like, it's you. It's only you because our theme is innovation. And I'm like, ah, I understand now. So I started something called Innovation Nights. I started something called Innovation Women. My brand squarely right smack dab in the middle of innovation. I also do all kinds of presentations where I'm talking about how innovation drives us forward. You know, there's so many things that that innovation brand was right there 
you know, on my, practically on my nameplate. There's no way they could have had that type of a, an event and not invited me in Boston. That's right. And I love how you have created a personal brand around a passion point and you have created notoriety around that. You've created not just a personal brand, but a reputation that is synonymous with the idea of innovation. And that opens up doors too. When your personal brand, your passion, your mission, your vision are all incredibly well aligned and people can't think about an issue like innovation without thinking Bobby Carlton, then you know that your reputation is now well aligned with your passion and also with your particular personal brand, which is amazing. Now, when you think about that, you know, you mentioned earlier that that understanding the kind of stage that you need to be on is important. Are you better in a small group? Are you better in a workshop? Are you better on a stage with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands? Or are you better on a Zoom call? So how do you begin thinking about all the different stages, all the different platforms, and all the different opportunities associated with public speaking and choose the kind of speaking that's good for you specifically? Absolutely. And one of the things I usually tell people when I get into this type of a conversation is, I think most people have no clue the amount of opportunities that are out there for public speakers. We actually coined a phrase a few years ago. We call it the speaker's paradise. Now, did you know that this is all pre-pandemic numbers, but there were more than half a million meetups that happened every month before the pandemic. Eventbrite sold tickets to more than 3 million events. There are 92,000 professional organizations in the US. There are also 50,000 individual TEDx events. I mean, there is a speaking opportunity practically on every corner. And as a speaker, a budding speaker, maybe, you can look around you and you probably already belong to organizations that would be thrilled to have you on their stage. And by their stage, there are quite a number of different opportunities. Everybody thinks about speaking as the one, the lone person, the keynote. There's, there's panels, there are fireside chats, there are roundtables, there are co-presentation options. You could be a moderator. So it doesn't have to be, I am the lone speaker doing my presentation. You could be sitting on stage very comfortably with a group of people who do things that are similar to what you do, having a conversation about the work you do every day. And that is public speaking. Now, if you get into the different kinds of stages themselves, you have massive conferences and conferences are often professional conferences. Often they start working from a call for speakers and the call for speakers for an annual event can usually go out like a year before that event. Once one event is done, they will start looking for the speakers for the next year. So you have to really plan ahead. You have to keep your eyes open for those 
call for speakers and make sure that you apply for them. Now, conferences, if especially a professional conference, these are often not paid opportunities. We did some surveying when I started Innovation Women. About half of all event managers have no budget whatsoever for speakers. It's literally not even in their business model. These are usually conferences. Half, um, from the half that have no budget, you move on to 42% only pay some speakers. And the some speakers are the keynotes, maybe somebody doing a workshop, maybe they get down to the featured speaker level. So that means 8% of event managers pay speakers all or most of the time. Boy, that's a small number, a very small number. So if you're thinking about getting paid and that type of public speaking, you're probably going to be looking for corporate gigs, um, speaker series at a university. So getting paid, not getting paid, that's another thing that you need to think about if you're thinking about why you want to be on stage and what kind of stages you want to be on. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And that goes back to the very first point you made, which is understand your reason why, understand your objectives, your motivations, and the goals that you are aiming for as you elect to become a public speaker. So that also brings me to this idea of pitfalls, strategic mistakes, missteps that leaders often make in becoming a public speaker today. And in your uh, experience, Bobby, what are some of the most common pitfalls, strategic mistakes, or missteps that leaders make in becoming a public speaker? I think one of the biggest things is overtly selling from the stage. They get up and they do a sales pitch. And frankly, they don't get invited back. You know, your job from the stage is to solve the pain of the people in the audience. It's not to sell them something. So if you think about public speaking as a service business, you are up there to be of service to your audience, not necessarily to be filling your own pockets. And, you know, this comes back to a little bit of my earlier uh, professional experience. I was a public relations person early on in my career. And as a public relations person, I was working with placing stories in the media. And at the time, if you had asked me, I would have told you that I was in PR because I saw PR as bigger, better, faster, and stronger than any other kind of marketing. It was utilizing the credibility of major media and getting people to read an article in the newspaper and going, well, if it's there, it must be true. And so public speaking is a little bit like that. If you are on stage telling the world, oh, I am so wonderful, you are losing credibility. So what you want is you want to be up there in service to the audience, giving them golden nuggets, things that they can use, and really getting them to think about how you could potentially be of more service to them without being a salesperson. I love that. That makes all kinds of sense. So let me just ask, once you've gotten that 
initial planning sort of taken care of. You know your objectives, you know the stage you want to be on, your preparation is completed, you know not to sell from the stage, you've avoided some of the pitfalls. What do you have to do to actually grow your visibility, expand your influence, and develop your public speaking business? What do you have to do to be a really successful public speaker? Whether or not it is your primary uh, money driver or it's just a way of bringing attention to your primary business, um, what do you have to do to develop your public speaking uh, opportunities? I love this question. Speak right, speak right, speak right. And it's not R-I-G-H-T, it's W-R-I-T-E. Because when you are up there and you're doing speaking engagements, you're doing a good job, you will get more invitations. Speaking begets speaking. But you also have to take care to nurture and, and create a great foundation of content, of thought leadership. You know, you can be up on stage, you're only up there for an hour. But what you want is the audience to look at you and say, okay, they gave me a taste of something interesting. Now I want to find more. So they want to go to your website. They want to hear your podcast. They want to read your book. Whatever you can do to give them more in-depth information and give them more to, to think about, to buy perhaps, you know, you are doing both them and you a service. That is wonderful. So Bobby, through your process of, you know, zigging and zagging through your career, and as you have created a really dynamic, interesting, compelling career, I'm sure that you have met with leaders that you have found incredibly compelling, um, and they've offered you really sage advice. And so turning the tables a little bit, what is some of the best leadership advice that you've ever received that you'd like to share with our audience? I'm going to put this in context. I've already told you, you know, the day job, the night job, the dream job. Okay, that's three companies. And by the way, I am not a serial entrepreneur. I'm a parallel entrepreneur. And over the pandemic, I engaged in some, let's call it retail therapy. I bought two more companies. I couldn't, obviously just couldn't do all this myself. So I think the best advice I've ever gotten and the most maybe prescient advice I've ever gotten is hire well, build a great team. If you have got a great team, everything else falls into place. Hire people who are smarter than you, who have skills you don't have, and everything goes well. I love that, Bobby. And that is, uh, as I would suspect, incredibly sage advice from a woman who literally has done it all. So Bobby, thank you so much for your time today. It was honestly just such an honor and a pleasure to have you on Leadership Global. And I am so grateful for your generosity in sharing your expertise, your experience, and your incredible insight with the entire Leadership Global audience. Thank you so much, Bobby. And thank you for having me today. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. 
As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.